Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. So I've double checked. Mic is on. It's not muted. Everything is good. I can hear myself in my headphones. What? So it's all good. All right. So today I wanted to pick up where we left off, uh, which is the two witnesses in Revelation. So what happens to the two witnesses in Revelation? Well, let's find out. So we're going to pick this back up in uh, Revelation 11, uh, chapter 11, verse number 7. But let's just do a recap really quick. Let's go back. Let's just start back at Revelation chapter 11. It says, Then there was given me a measuring rod, like a staff, and someone said, Get up and measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship in it. Leave out the court which is outside the temple and do not measure it, for it has been given to the nations, and they will tread underfoot the holy city for 42 months. And I will grant authority to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1260 days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire flows out of their mouth and devours their enemies. So if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this way. These have the power to shut up the sky so that the rain will not fall during the days of their prophesying. And they have power over the waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with every plague as often as they desire. So, of course, you know, we talked about this the last time, but many people think this is Moses and Elijah. I think it could be Enoch and Elijah, but hey, it's not a doctrinally salvation um, thing. It's not gonna. It's not gonna make. It's not gonna make or break. In other words, you know your salvation. So that's not. That's not what that. That's what that means. It's not a big deal on what you think. But I'm gonna look. I'm reading on the uh, uh, John MacArthur Study Bible right now on my iPad, and so I'm gonna check out the notes because I'm just curious to see uh, what John MacArthur thinks. So let's see. And I'm. Oh, by the way, I'm reading on the new american uh standard bible so let me skip down here i'm going to check out his notes okay so we're going to scroll on down he thinks the two witnesses so he says individuals granted special power and authority by god to preach a message of judgment and salvation during the second half of the tribulation the old testament requires two or more witnesses to confirm testimony he gives scripture uh background for that and these two prophets will be the culmination of God's testimony to Israel, a message of judgment from God and of his gracious offer to the gospel to all who will repent and believe. 1,260 days, which is 42 months, or three and one half years. So this is the first half. Remember, we talk about that. So the next upcoming, I was getting it excited, but I'm going to get ahead of myself here. So it says sackcloth, because uh, sackcloth was coarse, rough, a cloth made from goat or camel hair, wearing garments made from it, it express penance, humility, and mourning. And so he goes on to say, uh, the witnesses are mourning because of the wretched wickedness of the world, which we can all see going on around us right now. God's judgment on it and the desecration of the temple and the holy city by the Antichrist. So he goes on uh, to talk about uh, a little bit more in depth of the two lampsheds and what that means um if you guys don't listen to john MacArthur, i definitely recommend him i absolutely love him i've been listening for years i have almost probably every book he's wrote just about um i absolutely love him and so of course now he is a, a, a calvinist he's not a hyper calvinist but he's a calvinist but he does believe 
um, in pre-tribulation. He does believe in the pre-tribulation rap. I mean, the pre-trib rapture. There we go. Pre-tribulation rapture. Let me get that uh, out of my mouth correctly. Um, but he does believe in that. And so I do, uh, I, I absolutely love him and have no problems recommending him at all to anybody. He's a very trustworthy source and absolutely he has just a way of explaining things. I would definitely go check him out at gracetoyou.org, gty.org, which is grace to you. Check him out. Anyway, so we move along, and then here he says, so this is uh, Revelation 11, 5 to 6. We're talking about the two witnesses. Who could they be? He says, while it is impossible to be dogmatic about the identity of these two witnesses, several observations suggest they might be Moses and Elijah. So he thinks the same thing. He thinks Moses and Elijah. He goes, like Moses, they strike the earth with plagues, but like Elijah, they have the power to keep it from raining. So Jewish tradition expected both Moses, which is Deuteronomy 18, uh, chapter 18, verses 15 uh, to 18, and Elijah, Malachi, chapter 4, verses 5 to 6, to return in the future. And uh, you can also check out John, uh, chapter 121, talks about that too. So he says, both Moses and Elijah were present at the transfiguration, the preview of Christ's second coming. Both Maja, uh, I'm sorry, both Moses and Elijah used supernatural means to provoke repentance. And Elijah was taken up alive into heaven, and God buried Moses' body where it would never be found and the length of the drought the two witnesses bring three and one half years which is revelation uh, chapter 11 3 is the same as that brought by elijah and you can read about that in james chapter 5 uh verse 17 so it goes on to talk about that and different things and uh so anyway he thinks it's moses and elijah as well i mean i'm just throwing enoch out there because you know enoch walked with god and was not so yeah um so anyway moving right along so number seven we're gonna get into verse seven right now this is gonna we're now we're gonna find out what happens to the two witnesses okay so when they have finished their testimony the beast that comes up out of the abyss will make war with them and overcome them and kill them and their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city which mystically is called sodom and egypt where also their lord was crucified those from the people and the tribes and tongues and nations will look at their dead bodies for three and a half days and will not permit their dead bodies to be laid in a tomb. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them and celebrate and they will send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. But after three and a half days, the breath of life from God came into them and they stood on their feet in great fear fell upon those who were watching them and they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them come up here then they went up into heaven in a cloud and their enemies watched them and in that hour there was a great earthquake a tenth of the city fell seven thousand people were killed in the earthquake and the rest were terrified and gave glory to the god of heaven the second woe is past behold the third woe is coming quickly so when we break this all down, I remember a long time ago uh, reading that, and it says that every eye will see them, right? These uh, these witnesses, every eye is going to see them when they die. And of course, they're brought up, you know, they're going to die and lay in the streets. And everybody's going to see this, right? And everybody's going to give gifts, and they're going to do all this, and they're going to be watching when this happens. And and I remember as a kid saying, wow, how could that happen? Because I mean, there was TV, you know, we ain't that old, you know, we had television when I was a kid, but, you know, 
we didn't have like on the palm of your hand cell phones like you can watch stuff on your eye on your iphone watch you can do all kinds of stuff right it's ev it's everywhere right and so that was not prevalent when i was a kid and neither would, could you imagine john looking at this going well you know but now we see the technology where you know you could be sitting in front of your tv you could have your phone in your hand and boom you could automatically just look down and it could show like you could be watching these two witnesses you know and of course be struck down and then you could sit in there be watching on your phone then be raised to life and caught up to heaven you could all be seeing that on your phone right now so that technology is here and so we can see how uh this you know this could happen now and so of course way back when like 100 years ago that wasn't possible but now now you can see the you can see it happening and you can see how easily it would happen just like the bible said over 2000 years ago which is so exciting so anyway and so let's see what uh john MacArthur has to say about that so let's skip on down here to verse 7 it says the beast so the first of 36 references to this person in Revelation, who is none other than the Antichrist, and you can see that in chapter 13, uh, that he will ascend out of the bottom, bottomless pit indicates that his power is satanic. Kill them. Their ministry completed. God will withdraw the two witnesses' supernatural protection. The beast will then be able to accomplish what many had died trying to do their bodies will lie in the street refusing to bury one's enemies was a way to dishonor and show contempt for them that's acts 14 19. the old testament expressly forbids this practice which is deuteronomy 21 verses 22 to 23. the great city identifying jerusalem as a city like sodom and egypt stresses the city's wickedness its jewish population will apparently be the focus of the witnesses ministry leading to the conversion of or conversions of which is revelation 11 13. so if you remember um you have the 144,000. so in revelation 11 9 three and a half days so uh yeah three and a half days the entire world will watch undoubtedly on the latest form of visual media and glorify the antichrist as the bodies of the dead prophets who have been killed begin to decay so yes in the revelation 11 10 rejoice make merry exchange presents wild with joy over the death of their tormentors those who dwell on the earth a phrase used 11 times in revelation to speak of unbelievers will celebrate the two witnesses deaths as a holiday can you imagine i can imagine that i i see you know uh the two, we, you know we can see believers and unbelievers right now um in the world and we are separate we can see like the wheat and the tares you know we are uh we're kind of growing up together but now you can kind of see that we are are dividing a lot more um because you have the mask and the anti-maskers remember that you have the vax and the anti-vaxxers remember all of that and then of course you know um you have the people who are christians who have the holy spirit living inside of us and we now see the deception we've seen it for a while but the unbelievers do not see the deception that's coming upon the world it is all over the world and I'll, i want to make a point here um when jesus talks about the end times when he talks about you know tribulation and the beginning and all this stuff the first thing he mentioned before he mentioned wars and rumors of wars and all that stuff was deception the deception will come first and so we definitely see the deception how many people has the clot shot really killed and there's already proven that that's what it does is cause clots is cause inflammation heart inflammation all this 
all this stuff. Forty three thousand people have died, and that's just what they've actually, uh, what people have actually put on the VAERS website, and that's just voluntary what they put on there. Who knows how many people have really died from this? And I just saw today that they have just now made it for kids that kids are going to take this vaccine. So I mean, I just. It makes me sick. It just makes me sick. And the truth is out there. People are watching the truth. They can see the truth on the news. Like, oh, my gosh, it does cause blood clots. And look, it causes all of this and this and all of this. But let's give it to our kids. Oh, yeah, give it to the kids. You know what I mean? It's just mass insanity. Mass insanity, apostasy of the church, the deception, everything going on in the world. I mean, it's hard to find the truth. And you're like, what is going on? But then you look at the Bible and like, it was all wrote there. God warned us. God told us. He told us what was to happen so that we would not be caught off guard, that we would know the times that we're living in and the seasons that we're living in and to be paying attention, that we should be praying every day and asking for discernment. So that's where we are. We are right there right now in the end days. So I think, wow. But anyway, but that's so, I mean, you can see like, I mean, like how, I, like okay where people were dying in the hospital and but they didn't get the vaccine they were like anti-vax people and all those other people that are for the vaccine were making fun of them and laughing because they died basically what were they doing they were giving each other gifts and 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 you know uh having joy over their death right and then we look so that's not that hard to see nowadays that we live in because the love of many have grown cold like that Tucker Carlson where it showed those guys and they just, the dude got out of his car and then another guy walked right up behind him and shot him, boom, and then robbed him right there in the street and left him there to die. And then two other people or three other people come back up there. And as he walked off, there's another guy sitting on the corner and he just looked at him like shook his head. And the dude get up and walked up by him and then looked down, looked as he walked by him, this old man looked down at him and just kind of shook his head and walked off, didn't offer to help him or anything. And then the next thing you know, there's two, three other people, two other guys and a girl, and they come walking by. What the hell do they do? They rob his ass, too. Just left that man laying there to die. And not a one of them, not not a one of them tried to help him. I just, I just, it just sent chills down me how evil and wicked this world is that we live in. And everybody's like, well, I don't want Jesus to come back yet because I still want to do this and this and this and get married. I'm like, I'm telling you what, I want him to come back now because this world is evil, wicked. Do you think your children, do you want your children to grow up in this world? Or do you want the Lord to come and take us all home? I don't know about you, but if God made this earth and heaven and everything in it in six days and Jesus has been working on our heaven for over 2,000 years, can you imagine how beautiful Words won't be able to explain. I mean, you won't be able to. Whoo, I'm excited. I hope you're excited too. Woohoo. But anyway, but I, so as that verse states, it's not that hard to see that that's going to happen, that they would, um, you know, that they would uh, like give gifts and like, you know, you can just see them all over there, you know, like, yay. I could, oh, it just makes me sick. But anyway, moving right along. Oh, Revelation 11, 11. My dogs are having a cow again. They're, uh, I, we have some other people that moved in that has a dog, and so my dog is is having a cow. So uh, anyway, so Revelation eleven eleven, breath of life from God entered them. The festivities, however, are short lived as God vindicates His fearful or His faithful witnesses 
by resurrecting them. So revelation, here, listen to that again, the breath of life from God entered them. So they're all celebrating and all this stuff for three days as, you know, as these, as these two men lay in the streets and they're all, you know, laughing it up and whatever. And could you imagine as God, his breath of life goes back and enters them and they stand up. Could you imagine? And he calls them back to heaven. Wow. I can just see the looks on their faces. It's going to be awesome, guys. So anyway, Revelation 11, 12 says, and they went up to heaven in a cloud. So some may wonder why God will not allow them to preach, assuming their message would have more force following their resurrection. But that ignores Christ's clear statement to the contrary in Luke 16, 31. Enemies watched them. Those who hated and dishonored the two witnesses will watch their vindication. And of course, it talks about the great earthquake. So God punctuates the extension of his prophets with a shattering earthquake. The destruction and loss of life may be primarily among the leaders of the Antichrist forces. The rest, this refers to the Jews still living who will not yet have come to faith in Christ. Gave glory to the God of heaven, a genuine experience of salvation of Jews. I spoke about in Luke 17, 18 to 19. In contrast to those who blaspheme and refuse to glorify God, which is Revelation 16, 9, this makes a key fulfillment of Zechariah's prophecy, which is Zechariah 12, 10 and 13, 1, and Paul's in Romans 11, 25 and 27. So, of course, then it talks about the second woe. So the sixth trumpet, which is the second woe, right? And then, of course, there's an interlude between the sixth and the seventh trumpet ends. Israel's repentance will be shortly uh, will shortly usher in the millennial kingdom, but first will come the final climactic judgments. And of course, that's going to be Revelation eleven fifteen when the seventh angel blows their trumpet. So let me see if we can skip on down here. We put these little notes down. So uh, the seventh trumpet. So here we go. Christ's reign foreseen. So says then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God, the Almighty, who are and who were, because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. And the nations were enraged, and your wrath came, and the time came for the dead to be judged, and to and the time to reward your bond servants, which in the um, uh, HCSB, which is the Holman Christian Standard Bible, actually translates that correctly as as uh, slaves. So the NASB does not. But anyway, it says, reward your bondservants, the prophets and the saints, and those who fear your name, the small and the great, and to destroy those who destroy the earth and the temple of God, which is in heaven was opened and the ark of his covenant appeared in his temple. And there were flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunders and an earthquake and a great hailstorm. Revelation chapter 12 continues the woman Israel. So a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and on her head, a crown of 12 stars. And she was with child and she cries out or she cried out being in labor and in pain to give birth. The red dragon, Satan, 
Then another sign appeared in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads were seven diadems. And his tail swept a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that she, so that when she gave birth, he might devour her child. Of course, the male child, Christ. Verse 5, And she gave birth to a son, a male child, who is to rule all the nations with the rod of iron. Her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God so that there she would be nourished for 1,260 days. Then the angel Michael, and there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon. The dragon and his angels waged war, and they were not strong enough. And there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, and who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, And now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come, for the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before our God day and night. And they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life, even when faced with death. For this reason, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. But the two wings of the great eagle were given to the woman so that she could fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for a time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent. And the serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman so that he might cause her to be swept away with the flood. But the earth helped the woman and the earth opened his mouth and drank up the river which the dragon poured out of his mouth. So the dragon was enraged with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her children who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. So that's a lot. That is a lot to take in. And you're probably going, what? Well, let's break that down. So this is why it's good to get you a good study Bible. So we're going to look at this. So Revelation chapter 12 verse 1 and so that's not what i want to be let me go back up here and let's see yes so the sign okay so uh so he goes on to say um let me skip down here i lost my place <laughs> i kind of like the ipad it's a little bit easier to maneuver um than just flipping through some pages so yeah so okay so there we go all right so the sign a symbol pointing to something else. This is the first of seven signs in the last half of Revelation. Of course, it gives the different chapters and or the chapters and verses for that. A woman. So it's like it's not an actual woman, but a symbolic representation of Israel. It is pictured in the Old Testament as the wife of God. And you can learn all about that if you want to in Isaiah 54, 5, and 6, Jeremiah 3, verses 6 through 8, Ezekiel 16, 32, and Hosea uh, 2, 16. So Three other symbol, <clears throat> sorry, three other symbolic women appear in Revelation. Number one, Jezebel, who represents paganism. And that's Revelation chapter two, verses twenty. 
Uh, number two, the Scarlet Woman, uh, and that's in chapter 17, verses uh, 3 and 6, symbolizing the apostate church. And number three, the wife of the lamb, which is uh, Revelation 19, verse 7, symbolizing the true church, which is all born-again believers. That this woman does not represent the church is clear from the context, clothed with the sun, moon under her feet, 12 stars. Uh, and, of course, Jenner, uh, um, Genesis chapters uh, 37, verses 9 to 11. So being clothed with the sun speaks of the glory, dignity, and exalted status of Israel. Uh, the people of promise who will be saved and given a kingdom. Uh, the picture of the moon under her feet possibly describes God's covenant relationship um, with Israel since new moons were associated with worship. Of course, it goes on to give scripture verses for that. Uh, the 12 stars represents the 12 tribes of Israel. So <clears throat> once again, um, this is uh, John MacArthur's study Bible. And so I'm reading on his study Bible to give you some context of uh, Revelation uh, chapter 12 and chapter 11 that we're studying right now, we're going through right now. So, mm. so people talk about it's so under hard, it's understand, it can understand it, you know. And of course, churches nowadays don't want you to understand it, they don't even want you to read about it. And so, uh, that it's the only book in the Bible that God will bless you just for reading and heeding. So, I'm like, you know what, you better read it. And you better heed it. And uh, it definitely doesn't hurt you to read it. And so let's continue. So uh, Revelation 12, 2, crying out in birth pains. This is Israel often pictured as a mother giving birth. Um, had agonized and suffered for centuries, longing for the Messiah to come and destroy Satan, sin, and death in usher in the kingdom. The great red dragon, this is uh, verse, thir uh, verse 3. The woman's mortal enemy is Satan, who appears as a dragon 13 times in this book. Red speaks of bloodshed. Seven heads, ten horns, seven diadems. Figurative language depicting Satan's dominion of seven past worldly kingdoms and ten future kingdoms. And you can read all about that in Daniel chapter 7, verse 7, uh, verse 20, and verse 24. And you can also uh, check it out um, in Revelation 13, 1, 17, and uh, chapter 17, verse 9 through 10. So, Satan has and will rule the world until the seventh trumpet blows. And then he has inflicted relentless pain on Israel, which is Daniel uh, chapter 8, verse 24, desiring to kill the woman before she could bring forth the child that would destroy him. And uh, let's go. Revelation 12, 4, a third of the stars of heaven, which is Satan's original rebellion. Talks about that in Isaiah chapter 14, 12 and Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 11 has resulted in one-third of the angelic host joining his insurrection and becoming demons. Devour it. Unable to prevent the virgin birth of Christ, Satan tried to kill the child in a general massacre of male children commanded by Herod. If you all remember that, Matthew uh, chapter 2, verses 13 and 18, or through 18, and Luke 4, 28-29. So Revelation 12, 5, a male child, this is Jesus Christ, in his incarnation was of Jewish descent. Despite Satan's efforts to destroy Israel in the Messianic line, Jesus' birth took place as predicted by the prophets. If you want to read about that, you can check that out in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, uh, chapter 9, verse 6, and Micah chapter 5, verse 2. So a rod of iron describes Jesus' coronation as king over the nations of the world. 
Revelation 11, 15, 19, 15, and Psalm 2, 6 through 9. Her child was caught up to God. Christ's ascension is in view. Acts 1, 9 to 33 in Hebrews chapter 1, verse, verses 1 through 3 in chapter 12, verse 2. Revelation 12, 6 talks about the wilderness. God will protect Israel from Satan by hiding her in the wilderness, perhaps in the region of Moab, Ammon, and Edom. East of the Palestine, uh, east of Palestine. Interestingly, those countries will be specifically spared from the Antichrist attack against the Holy Lamb, and that talks about that for reference in Daniel chapter eleven forty one. So the one thousand two hundred sixty days at the midpoint of the tribulation, the Antichrist breaks his covenant with Israel, puts a stop to temple worship, sets up the abomination of desolation, which is chap Daniel's chapter nine, verses 27, Matthew 24, 15, and devastates Jerusalem, Revelation 11, two. At that time, many Jews flee for their lives, Matthew 24, 16. God will preserve them during the last 1,260 days, 42 months, three and, three and one half years, constituting the great tribulation. Yes. So Revelation 12, 7, war arose in heaven. The tumultuous events on earth during the tribulation find their counterpart in heaven. A state of war has existed since the fall of Satan, which is Daniel chapter 10, 13 and Jude 9. Uh, something will intensify that warfare, possibly the raptured saints passing through the realm of the prince of the power of the air. Ephesians 2, 2. Revelation 12, 9, dragon was thrown down to the earth. Satan and his demons were cast out of heaven at the time of their original rebellion, but still have access to it. That's Job 1, 6 and 2, 1. That access will then be denied and they will be forever barred from heaven. Devil and Satan, that's Revelation 22. Devil comes from a Greek verb meaning to slander or to falsely accuse. He is a malignant liar. Read all about that in John and 1 John. Uh, his accusations against believers, which is Revelation 12, 10, are unsuccessful because of Christ, our advocate. And that's 1 John 2, 1. Remember, he's always up there, uh, always accusing the brethren. But of course, we have Jesus Christ as our advocate who's up there saying, no, 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 no. And if you guys, if you have not, uh, go listen to Billy Crone's um, Resurrection Sunday service. I tell you what, it was powerful. You can check it out at getalifemedia.com, getalifemedia.com. Com, but you can also check it out on his YouTube, um, Facebook, Rumble, any of that. But it was it was absolutely powerful. And because uh, when God looks at us and it, it you know, I, I needed to hear it, too. I definitely needed to hear it. Um, so like when God sees you and me, he didn't see us as the sin, wretched, wretched people that we are. He sees us through Christ through Christ's righteousness. So he sees us as if we've never sinned. So you and me, even though we sin every day, and of course, you know, we confess our sin, we ask for forgiveness, even though we sin every day, we're not perfect, we never will be perfect until the time Christ comes to take us home, you know, that, but God, when he sees us, he doesn't see us like that. He sees us as if we've never sinned because of what Jesus Christ did for us. Is that amazing? That is absolutely amazing. If you had, I mean, if you had those sins that come back at you, you remember when you did this, you remember when you did that, because Satan's really good at that. You just tell him it's under the blood. God doesn't remember it. So I don't remember it either. Because the Bible says, Jesus says, he remembers it. He does not remember it anymore. He says, as far as the east is from the west, is as far as he has removed our transgressions from us. God says he's blotted them out to remember them no more. So anyway, 
go check it out. I'll tell you what, you will not be disappointed. Ah, it's wonderful. So uh, it kind of, it just kind of, I don't know, makes you feel good to know that, that even though, you know, we know what kind of wretched, sinful, perfect people we are, God doesn't see us that way. God sees us through the righteousness of Christ. So he sees us as if we've never sinned. Is that amazing? That's amazing. And you out there, if you're listening and you have not been uh, saved, if you've not asked Christ to save you, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? You could be a brand new person in Christ. When you ask him to forgive you, he is just and he will. He will. It's, just, it's like the ABCs of salvation. Um, J.D. Farag does those a lot. I think he does them well on every single Bible prophecy update that he does. But he does the ABCs of salvation. One is admit you're a sinner, which we're all sinning. We all fall short of glory, and the wages of that is death, the Bible says. So we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Two, which is B, which is believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and that God raised him from the dead three days later. He resurrected him, right? And then C. Oh, my goodness. My mic went out. I'm sorry. I was like talking along. And I looked up and it was red. It was red. So anyway, so the ABCs of salvation. So remember, A, admit you're a sinner. B, believe that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And then C, confess that you that you have um accepted christ as savior so yes the abcs of salvation so definitely go check that out you can go and i thought i i know i know where i'm muting it now when i move my mic there's a button on the side of the sure mic that hits mute so anyway yeah go check out um uh jd farag you can go to jdfarag.com jdfarag uh, no, I'm sorry, jdfarag.org, jdfarag.org. And so uh, he's got, man, he's got a Bible prophecy up that, that he does all the time. He is fantastic. But one good thing that he does, he always, always, always does the ABCs of salvation. And I was going to try to get some scripture verses for you guys. Okay, so yeah, I admit you've sinned. So we've all sinned, fallen short of the glory of God, which is Romans 3, 3. And then Romans 6, 23 says the wages of sin is death and the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Of course, you believe in Jesus. So um, uh, John 6, 4 says my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And of course, Romans 10, 9 says if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So confess that Jesus is Lord. So there you have it. All right. So let's moving right along here. So sorry. I always want to give the gospel. It's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. So anyway, so the dragon was thrown down to the earth. And of course, uh, so Satan and his demons were cast out of heaven at the time of their original rebellion, but still have access to it. And of course, that is Job 1, 6 and 2, 1, which we just read. And so um, we'll move on along here. So Satan, meaning adversary or enemy, appears especially in Job and the Gospels, deceivers of the whole world. As he has throughout human history, Satan will deceive people during the tribulation. After his temporary release from the bottomless pit at the end of the millennium, he will briefly resume his deceitful ways. So Revelation 12, 10 calls him the accuser. 
And so Satan will no longer accuse believers before the throne of God because he will no longer have access to heaven. So 1211 talks about the blood of the lamb. No accusation can stand against those whose sins have been forgiven because of Christ's sacrificial death. And you can read about that, which I just did. Romans 8, 33 and 39 or 339. So it says his time is short. So knowing that his time is limited, Satan will intensify his efforts against God and mankind and specifically target Israel. And of course, talks about that in verses 13 and 17. The wings of the great eagle. So not actual birds, but a graphic depiction of God's providential protection of Israel. So wings often speak of protection and eagles, probably vulture-like uh, griffins, it says here, were the largest birds known in Palestine. A time and times and half a time, which is three and one half years, the second half of the tribulation. It says the earth opened its mouth. So it says a great army will come against Israel like a flood. And that's even talked about in Jeremiah 46, 8 in chapter 47, verse 2. Only to be swallowed up, perhaps in conjunction with one of the numerous earthquakes that occur during that period and of course the last one is the rest of her offspring so satan will turn his frustrated rage against every follower of the lamb he can find jew or gentile commandments of god testimony of jesus the revealed truth from god and christ contained in scripture obedience to god's words always marks a genuine believer so as times get closer to the tribulation and things get harder to be a christian you're going to see a lot of falling away people professing that they were Christians and they weren't. And it was like, oh my gosh, they lost their salvation. No, they never lost their salvation. They never had it to begin with. They never had it to begin with. They were not actual, they were not true followers of Christ. They were not true believers. And so um, to live as a Christian is not easy. It's not easy. Um, you know, we stand for things that the world uh, loves and we hate it as Christians because we're to hate sin. And so you can't be friends with the world and be a Christian. You just can't. You have to hate the worldly things like the world system, the beast system. You have to hate that uh, to love God. And so when he says, you got to pick up your cross and follow him. And so I'm here to tell you it's worth it. No matter what is worth it, because uh, this life here is is but a vapor. And I it makes me wonder why people would put their faith in this world. Like why, you know, you're going to die. Everybody dies. Don't you want to, you know, I don't understand why they would put their faith in this world. Like this is all there is. Are you kidding me? You know, deep down inside that there's a God, you know that. And uh, it takes more faith to believe there's not a God than it does to believe that there is one. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what is, it's worth it to be a Christian because you know, you know, who do you pray to if you don't, if you're not a Christian, you know, when something goes wrong or when you need help or, you know, do you need to, like, who are you praying to? Who? There's nobody else but God, you know, the, you know, our heavenly father. But anyway, with that, guys, I'm going to get off of here. And I hope this has been a blessing to you guys. Uh, it's been a blessing to me. I love reading through the book of Revelation. I just love reading God's word. I tell you, um, definitely uh definitely calms my spirit and uh you know renews my mind is what we're supposed to do with all the garbage in the world but coming up next so on the next episode which hopefully be tomorrow we're going to get into revelation chapter 13 that's the biggie too that's another biggie 
So that's talking about uh, the beast from the sea. We're going to get into the mark of the beast. We're going to get into all kinds of stuff like that. And so uh, it's very exciting. It's a very exciting time. So anyway, guys, I hope you're getting getting something out of those. I hope the Holy Spirit is speaking to you guys. Um, anyway, I hope this has been a blessing to you all. I really do. Um, I thank you all for listening. And I hope you guys have a wonderful, uh, wonderful evening. And like always, get in the Word of God. Let the Word of God get into you. And Maranatha, Lord Jesus, Maranatha.